two, three, four. Is it a scarf or is it half of a sweater? From what I've heard, it could be a third of a poncho. There's no excuse now not to be knitting, cause you can do it standing and you can do it sitting. Is it a hat or is it the start of a blanket? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Truly Myrtle podcast. I'm Libby and this is episode after the episode where I went back to video. This is the next episode. We're 80-something. I'll have to look it up. I'll make sure I've got it next time. Episode 80-something. Welcome back to the podcast. It's lovely to have you with me. I am over the moon that so many of you came to watch the video podcast. Um, lots of you have made the move from audio over to video. That's fantastic. And um, I'm just really thrilled. I'm, it's been fantastic to hear from you, to have all your comments about how much you've enjoyed watching me again. So yay, this is going to be really fun, I think. Uh, I'm Libby. You can find me all over the internet as Trudy Myrtle. I design knitting patterns. I have them for sale on Ravelry. I have a website, trudymyrtle.com. You can find me on social media as Trudy Myrtles. And on Instagram, I am Trudy Myrtle Photos. I, I'll put links to everything I talk about in my show notes. And you can find those either over at my blog, trudymyrtle.com. Look at the tab where it says podcast, and all the podcast show notes will be in there, as well as links to the video podcast. You can watch it there. Or the audio podcast. You heard me right. I've managed to figure out a way of uploading the audio version of my podcast to iTunes. So it will be on iTunes like it always was, or you can download it like you always could on my blog as well. So there'll be all sorts of ways to hear me and see me and it's fantastic. I did hear that the audio quality was okay last time. I'm going to do whatever I can to improve that. So just bear with me while I work out technology because yeah, you know, there's always something new and exciting to learn when it comes to computers. I never anticipated that I'd uh, be doing this, but here I am <laughs> doing it again. Um, heaps of you left comments on um, on my uh, show notes, and, you know, on, over on the blog and under the YouTube video last time uh, to enter the giveaway. So I'm going to draw that at the end. I'm going to talk to you about the um, Aeronite pants that I made, which are absolutely fantastic from So Liberated. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some sewing ideas I've had, and I've got a book to review. So, should we get on with the show? I think so. I need a sip of my tea. I've got a croaky voice today. It's definitely autumn. Mm. It's still warm as the day goes on, but my kids have, some of my kids have got sniffles. I've got one home today, so if there's a little whispering, it's her. She's just got a little bit of a sniffle. Some of my kids have got a bit runny noses and itchy noses from something in the air, but the weather's turned. It's turning. I keep seeing snow from up north, though. You guys look like you're getting a hammering with snow. Lots of you. So I'm hoping the spring happens soon. Did you go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival? I'm so jealous. <laughs> want to go to Edinburgh Yarn Festival. There's a lot of us who didn't go. There are more of us who didn't go than who went. I'll try and comfort myself with that, but one day I'll try and get there. But it snowed at Edinburgh Yarn Festival. It looked amazing. Lots of people wrote to me, sent me photos of my cardigan from the Lane magazine hanging on the wall. That was really cool. It was A little part of me was there, so that was really nice. I was pretty thrilled about that. But one day I will go, and I'll see you there. And I will go to the podcaster's lounge and just have fun. 
I think it'll be amazing. Probably not next year. Maybe the year after? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Right, shall we get on with the show? I've already said that once. We're definitely doing it. Um, I had lots of comments about um, people writing to me saying, what was I wearing in the last podcast? I totally forgot to tell you. I was wearing my uh, Maya dress, which is designed by Marilla Walker. And um, I've made this Maya dress several times. It, um, I've made it in a, the recommend. This is the recommended size for me. It's quite oversized. But I've also made it on, in smaller sizes, so it's a more fitted piece. So it's quite a boxy dress top. Um, there isn't there's sort of no sleeves. It's got these integrated sleeves in it and um, It's sort of just straight through this is this one that I made is is quite oversized I absolutely love it. The neckline is fantastic um, It's not it's not too high, but it's not too low either and um, It's got no um, It's got no darts for the bust or anything. It's just I hesitate to say it's a big sack because it's not. It's a stylish sack. I absolutely love wearing it. I've made mine in this really bright Liberty print. It's quite a retro kind of look, I think. It has this kind of charcoal background with these big pops of oh, poppies with this really mustard lime, mustard citrusy kind of color thrown into some of the flowers. And the fabric I've used is like a soft, very soft drill. It's a cotton, almost like a brushed cotton, but it's not. It washing up more like a bit of a brushed cotton, but it's like a really soft drill. So it's a really great piece for me to wear in the winter. I like to wear it with some bold tights that pick out the mustard color in the pattern and my long boots. Or in the days that are not piping hot down here, but as the weather's turning, it's really nice piece to wear on its own without anything underneath or um, just with sandals. Um, it's, it's very comfortable. When I made it, when I, I made it this time last year actually, but when I made it, I originally thought maybe I'd wear it clinched in at the waist with a belt, and I've got this quite nice little um, belt that I was gonna wear it with, and I tried it on, and I looked like something out of Robin Hood. It was ridiculous. So I gave up that idea pretty fast. It just looks so silly. But anyway, it's the May dress. It's, I, can, it's re I can recommend it, it's a fantastic, um, so it's actually a good one to learn some new techniques from. It's got no exposed seams. It's all French seams all the way through, so that's a good thing to learn. Um, and it's it's just got a beautiful finish, and the neckband's all finished. Um, I did a little scoop hem so that it scoops up on both sides at the bottom. There's lots of really good little techniques to learn, so I can recommend that. Um, today I'm wearing another top that I made. I'll try and show you. It's a my it's a washi top. It's from the washi dress pattern. And I've made it in this black and white sort of sh painted chevron fabric, which is actually a quilting cotton from Amy Butler. And um, which I normally wouldn't use, but it works quite well for this. I've got the keyhole neckline in this one, which I really like. I think it's quite flattering. And I've got the no sleeve version. This one's actually getting a little bit snug on me. It's I've I've sort of broadened through my back and into my bust. It's no bad thing really, but um, it's comfortable still to wear because it has an elasticated back. It's got that sort of um, shearing back, so it's got a bit of stretch to it. I'm finding things are getting a bit tight sort of as the arms curve under the arms. That's where I'm sort of finding things are getting tight through here, so I'm sort of widening out under my arms. Um, but this I can still wear and be relatively comfortable and cool enough. Um, but the quilting cotton is sort of gives it a little bit of extra weight and it, um, it actually falls okay. It's, it's unusually uh, for quilting cotton, it works okay in this, um, in this top. 
I was going to talk to you about some sewing. So, should we do that? You remember last time I talked about how I was doing a test sew for Meg of Sew Liberated? Well, I did it. Yay! It was great. Um, I had a bit of a dither with the fabric. You know, that's to be expected. I ended up deciding not to use the brown stuff I showed you last time. And I nipped into the fabric, one of the fabric shops in town and decided to buy something new from there. They didn't have exactly what I was in my mind what I wanted. I wanted like a soft tensile, something that could take me through into the autumn and I couldn't find anything. The woman was really helpful and we looked at tons of different fabrics and I probably changed my mind about 10 times. Oh, I want that. Oh, now I want that. Oh, no. It was terrible. I was really dithery. Uh, but in the end, I settled on some blue. Some blue. Because you see, that's about all I know about it. Even though I said to you, I'm going to write down exactly what I buy. I was in the car, driving up the road, about to jump back on the motorway to come home. And I thought, I have no idea what I ended up choosing. Like, I don't, what is that fabric? I'm imagining it's something viscosy. The drape in it is fantastic. It's going to have a lot of cotton in it. So, um, I'll have to find out and let you know exactly what I use. That's hopeless, isn't it? Especially because I said hopeless. Anyway, um, the pants are fantastic. So I made a size 12, um, and that was working well with my waist and my hips. Um, but I think what I might try next time is to go down a size, just to experiment, to go down a size for my hips, but leave my waist a bit fuller. Because I have, I'm quite slender through the hips, but in proportion to my waist. Um, I'm more square, so I think I'm going to try that, because although these are great, I just want to see what they'll look like without quite so much fullness in the hips. Um, I adore the pockets. They look marvellous when they're on. I've got some, at the beginning of the video, you will have noticed I had a bit of footage of me sewing them up, and then some photos of me wearing them. So the pockets are fantastic. They just give it such a good finish. Um, they're not hugely deep, although when you're wearing them, your arms actually extend perfectly into the length of the pocket, so they're very well designed. Uh, I would say these aren't a beginner sewer pattern. I think it's if you're feeling like you're super adventurous, you've read a few patterns, you've tried a few things, then go for it. Maybe choose a fabric that isn't too slidey, so maybe go something with a bit of texture, like um, Meg recommends a silk noil, noil, I don't know how you say it, N-O-I-L. I imagine that's going to be slightly slubby, and so that the texture of that will be easier to work with. Um, this is quite slidey, and so... The, the pants um, have lots of felled seams, which are these flat seams through where the side panels meet the front panel and the back panel. It's got felled seams. Uh, so you have to snip away your seam and then fold it over and sew it flat. And that's a bit fiddly on a slipperier fabric. It also is time consuming. So be prepared for these to take a wee while to, to sew. But you'll be so pleased with the result if you take the time. It's got French seams at the bottom of the pockets. The, the details are really good. The finishing is lovely. The waistband is mega comfortable. They, these are so comfortable. So it's like this perfect combo of, of stylish comfort. It's, they're just brilliant for that. So my fabric, I can wear it with a sort of a t-shirt chucked over the top. Um, Meg wears hers tucked in. I, I'm, not, I'm just not comfortable doing that these days. I just prefer to wear a little, like almost a cropped t-shirt, so it hits my high hip. Um, but I wore this in the photos with my Lou box top, and that's perfect. And my Lou box top isn't overly long, because I was trying to get it out of a certain width of fabric, uh, because I cut mine against the grain to make the 
gradient sort of happen in the fabric. So my loop box top is sort of slightly, ever so slightly cropped. It sort of hits, yeah, hits sort of my high hip, and that's a great length over these over these trousers. So one of the things I love about them is that although they're quite comfy and they're quite roomy through the bottom, I think particularly because of the fabric I chose, so go for a drapey fabric, um, they don't have that kind of low hip long bottom look that you often get with baggy pants. They look great, they just fall beautifully. Um, initially I was going to do the open cuff at the bottom, just the, the not, it's not a cuff, I was just going to do the open leg trousers. I actually uh, muddled myself up and I thought I could either do a woven cuff or no cuff. And I didn't notice that there was, uh, not a woven cuff, a uh, knit cuff or no cuff. And I couldn't find a knit fa uh, fabric to match. So I neglected to see that there's a third option, which is a woven cuff, which I didn't end up doing. But what I did was I got them all done, I made them, I tried them on, loved them at the top, but decided that actually I wanted to clinch them in around my ankles. I'm not that tall, I'm five foot four. I just, and I don't know, I just thought they'd give me a better silhouette if they were pulled in at the ankles. It was more of the look I was after. But when what I then realized was I should have cut out my pattern differently because for the cuffed options, they taper in more down the leg and I just had cut. I hadn't done the taper in. So what I did was, I didn't want to redo any of my fell, you know, flat seams. So what I did was, they've actually got food on them. I've worn them so much. I have to wash them. Um, what I did was I whipped out some, of some a little bit of width um, in the inner seam. And um, and that was okay. That's That certainly took them in a wee bit. But I, I wanted to be careful there because I didn't want to warp the whole leg as it went down. And then I redrafted a cuff. I just made it wider to fit my leg bottom. And then I just whipped the elastic through and I, I cut my leg off, put on a cuff, folded it up and put my elastic through. So I have elastic cuffs too, which I love. They're fantastic. I will definitely do them like that again. Obviously, I've cut it out correctly the first time with the slightly more tapered legs. So mine, maybe mine look a little bit more bebop than they're meant to. I don't think you really notice, but... They will be, uh, when you're making them correctly with a woven cup, they, and when I do it again, they will be slightly more tapered through the bottom of the leg. They're just great. I had to put a um, tag in the back of mine because given the dark fabric, it's impossible to know which are the front and the back. But I am going to live in these. I am definitely planning more pairs. They are great. They are really great. I, I'm now going to still hunt out my sort of heavier tensile that I was after, and I would love to match it with a knit cuff because I can see myself wearing those with my, you know, sort of my chucks and just a sweatshirt or a little a jumper or something in the, as the weather cools down. It just is something casual, but still a little bit cool, as cool as you can be when you're when you're mid forties. <laughs> my kids don't think I'm that cool, but you know, I'll try. Um, Yes, yeah, so they're great. They're available now from So Liberated. I'll put links in the show notes. Go and grab yourself a pair. I thoroughly recommend them. They are fun, and I will be making more. So watch out for more. They're really great. Thank you for asking me, Seth. Well, actually, I asked you, didn't I, Meg? Which reminds me, if you want to be a test knitter for me, just drop me a line. I love test knitters. They're fantastic people. <laughs> I actually couldn't do what I do without you. Be Between you guys and my editor, you're amazing. You make my patterns way, way better. 
So I'm just so grateful to you. And if you want to do, if you want to do test sewing for people, contact them like I did and ask them if you can do it. And if you want to do test knitting for me or anyone else, just send us an e email and say, I'd like to do test knitting. And if we've got space for you, because obviously I need different sizes and I've got lots of sizes in certain blazers. But if I need you, I will say, yes, please. I would love to have you. So drop me a line. Um, what else do I want to tell you about? Ah, Susan. This is off topic slightly, but Susan Lovell Lowell left me a message and said, in my part of New Zealand, do we get earthquakes? None. Thank goodness. Touch wood, we don't. Um, I live in the North Island of New Zealand. We have a North Island and the South Island. I live in the North Island. I live in the north of the North Island in Auckland, just south of Auckland, actually. Um, and touch wood, we don't really get we don't, I, I actually have never lived through an earthquake, so um, we haven't had any as long as I've been in Auckland, on and off, over the years. Um, the places where we've had big earthquakes recently, or in recent history, have been Christchurch, which is at the bottom of the South Island, and Wellington, um, and the North, which is at the bottom of the South of the North Island, and then the top of the North Island. So, sort of from the, yeah, that kind of lower part of the country is really prone to earthquakes. There, there was a huge earthquake um, earlier in the 1900s in, I can't remember the exact year, it must have been uh, 1920-something or, 18, no, it must have been before that, 1918, around that time, um, in Hawke's Bay, which is in the west coast of the North Island. My grandmother um, was actually in that earthquake with her family. She was about 12, and their house collapsed. They lived in Napier. And that earthquake was enormous, and it destroyed Napier, and Napier has had to be rebuilt. And if you go back in my podcast um, a few a long, long episodes ago, uh, my daughter Zoe, who was exactly the same age as my grandmother at the time, uh, read a letter that my grandmother had written to her aunt immediately after that earthquake. It's really good. It's a really great letter because it brings to life what it was like for, just from a kid's point of view. So she was about 12 or 13 when that happened and um, was pretty ferocious and she had to go and stay with her family out of town um, in Paihia Tua. So if you want to hear more about that, go and have a listen. In Auckland where we are, we are surrounded by volcanoes. That's our challenge. Um, we there are about at least 50 volcanoes in Auckland. And I grew up at the foot of one of them in town. The soil is amazing. Uh, the, the volcanoes haven't gone off um, here for thousands of years. But one day, apparently, there will be another one. So they're predicting it will be up north a little bit off the coast. Who knows what will happen. <laughs> Touch wood. It won't happen. Anyway, that's what our risk is where I live. But as far as earthquakes goes, I haven't felt an earthquake. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting island we live on down here in the southern hemisphere. Uh, I've got a book review for you today. So I wanted to whip on to that too. Um, I was asked at the end of last year, or the early this year, if I wanted to review the new ebook that's come out from the Making Stories group. So I, you might remember that last year I reviewed their woods, I bought and reviewed their woods um, pattern collection, which was their first pattern collection. It was really beautifully put together. Um, it was, had some fantastic patterns in it. I was really impressed with the level of detail and just the, the attention to detail and the clarity of instructions. Fantastic. All the little extras that they added were really great. 
um, they've put out a new ebook called Socks. I mean, that was a real book. This is an ebook, so it's only available in ebook version. Um, Socks. So I've got it on the iPad. Socks is a celebration of socks knitted without nylon. So nylon was something that I think a lot of us have just automatically assumed we'll put in our socks to make sure they don't fall apart. But as it turns out, we don't really need it. People have been making socks without any added um, sort of nylon, without nylon, for about 1500 years. Nylon was only invented in the 30s. Superwash yarn was invented in the 50s. And between those two things, we seem to have been swamped with those products now. They're just plastic. So although I still use lots of superwash um, yarn and I do have uh, a lot of sock wool that has nylon in it, my I, I do think we should probably, I think, in a perfect world, we'll be moving towards socks without nylon in them and going back to some of those strong natural fibres. So the Socks ebook is a celebration and just an exploration of sock designs. I've got seven sock designs in here that all use yarn that doesn't include nylon. Claire Devine has written a great article in here, and Claire's my friend from Brisbane. She's knit share love all over the internet. Last year, she did a sock experiment, a no nylon sock experiment, and she knitted some socks and then wore them to death to see how they would cope, and the socks had no nylon in them. She used mohair, I think, in one of the pairs she made. Um, and it was really successful. So Claire's written an article in here about um, nylon and socks, and she recommends looking for a sock yarn in terms of durability and strength rather than softness. So instead of thinking you have to add nylon to make the strength, first look at the fibre that you're choosing. So um, those sort of stronger fibres, Wensleydale, I like a BFL as well, um, but not a super soft mohair. Go for something with a little bit more twist, make your gauge a bit tighter, and then add in, if you're going to add something in, a natural, a a natural fibre that's naturally strong, like mohair or silk or alpaca, she suggests. Um, or tinsel is another one. So th that's the way we can get around this sock, um, so, you know, the no nylon sock thing. Now, of course, that'll have to be hand washed because they won't be super washed either. So that's no biggie, is it? We all know how to wash our socks. We soak them for sort of 10 or 15 minutes in a little bit of wool wash or um, even hair conditioner. Give them a gentle squeeze to get the water out and then lay them in a towel, roll up the towel and stand on it. That's it. And then you can dry them on, either just dry them flat or dry them on sock blockers. So I've got a variety of sock blockers. Here's some of mine. Um, these ones are a bit large. These are better for Mr. Myrtle's feet than mine. I've also got some plywood ones, which uh, we just made at home. So I drew the shape of the sock that I wanted, of the foot I wanted, and um, my husband cut it out for me and we just sanded the edges and they are great. They can be exactly the same for each foot, just different. I've got two of these that are great for socks. So you can dry them on a sock blocker to open up any patterns you want to see. Um, Go for something that's going to be not overly tight on your foot, but a little bit more fit, uh, fitted on your foot. I don't like things that feel really, really squishy on my feet, but I definitely find that socks that are more firm rather than sloppy last longer because it just doesn't have that friction as you're wearing them, wear and tear in the sock. There's tons of information in this book about choosing a sock pattern, knitting a sock pattern, um, ideas for yarn. They've done it again. They've filled it with great information so I'm really impressed with that. I that their attention to detail is fantastic. Um, all of the socks and the seven pairs that they've got all have alternate 
um, heels, which I thought was a great idea. So they all have a heel flap and gusset, which I think for a lot of us is our sort of standard way of knitting socks. Top down, heel flap, gusset, you're ready to go. I really like that style of heel. I find it very comfortable. Um, they also all include a either an afterthought heel or a short row heel of some sort so that you could knit your sock and then go back later and do your short row heel or fit it in as you're going along. Um, that's great. I've tried a variety of short row heels. I think it's worth experimenting to see what works for you. I know that some fit my foot better than others. So um, I haven't heard that with the heel flap construction, but I could be wrong. Maybe it's just great for me and the people I knit for. But the short row heels, they're all in here. So go and have a little explore and see what ones you like. Now, it is obviously full of beautiful pictures again. Um, their pictures are fantastic. But I thought I'd pick a couple of socks. Well, there are two pairs of socks in here, which I just think, oh, yes, I love them. They are fantastic. I want those socks. Um, so I thought I'd talk to you about those. Um, the first of those are called Roots. So let me find them. They're a really, really pretty colour. I think that's partly why I was drawn to them, because of the colour. And again, you know, this kind of, they're sort of a purpley pink. They're like a crushed blueberry. I think that's what they like. They're like to me. Um, so they're called Root Socks. They're designed by Claire Mountain in London, and they're knitted in yarn from Whistlebear. And Whistlebear are from North Northumberland in England. Um, they're really pretty socks. They have um, cable and rib details down the front, and they've got some garter stitch around the back. I just think they're great. They're sort of, um, they're cosy. I think they look like really cosy socks. I love the way that kind of effortless, I mean, the design, you know, the thought, it put, she's put thought into how the design flows into the toes, which I really like as well. Um, and also with that ribbed section, I find those socks tend to fit my foot and my ankle better. Um, because of the ribbing, rather than going for something that's overly tight, the ribbing just helps keep that elasticity in the sock. So you get a good fit without feeling like you're squished into sausage casing if you're going for a tighter sock fit. Uh, so these are made with Whistlebear Cuthbert sock, which is a mohair Wensleydale blend. So the mohair is what's adding all our strength in, and the Wensleydale is obviously um, going to give us some softness but durability. So they're great. The colorway is called Lady Lillard's too fantastic and they are a beautiful crushed blueberry um, color they're really nice and they've got a gorgeous halo from that from that um, mohair in them I just think they're really pretty socks so it was the first pair I loved the other pair I loved were called I've written it down sauce so sauce I think again what got me first as I'm scrolling through was the color but not just the color um, the color is the perfect oatmeal with kind of a little bit of current you know that kind of fleck of a current as you've got that sort of old-fashioned rolled oats with some currants thrown through that's what it reminds me of um, it's just beautiful and it's almost marley I love them the thing I fallen in love with about these socks is the cable detail from the front down the front it's a beautiful chevron cable it stretches right to the tip of the toe so right from the top of your foot and the top of your um, sock right down to the tip of your toe I absolutely love it it's also featured on the back of the sock and again it has ribbing down the side so that helps you with um, giving you that elasticity in your sock even though it's a nice firm fit and the cable will give you so much strength 
in your sock. There's a photo of the um, gusset heel with the cable at the back as well. That's great. They're great socks. I really like it. I just overall, I just think this book is really a great ebook. It's a good resource for learning more about knitting without nylon and just generally about socks themselves. I can really recommend it. Um, I'm if I find a moment, I will knit these socks. They're beautiful. I, I would love both pairs of socks that I mentioned, but there are five more. So I've actually got a copy to give to one of you. If you would like to win a copy of the ebook, please head over to my um, uh, website. To my blog post for this podcast or onto um, YouTube and at the bottom of the post just tell me which of um, these sock patterns is your favorite and have you got a no nylon sock base that you can recommend I'd absolutely love to hear about them all so drop me a line and let me know what your favorite is and if you've got a sock base that you've tried or want to try I've heard about just let me know a no nylon sock base that would be great especially a no nylon no superwash sock base. So the last thing I wanted to do was to draw a winner for the Lane magazine. Thank you everyone who entered. We had nearly 200 people comment and enter for the giveaway. Um, I've drawn a winner with my random number generator and it was really interesting to hear what you all wanted to knit. So I'd say well, Kate was pretty popular. I'm so thrilled. There were lots of you who said you wanted to knit that cardigan, my Kate cardigan. Um, even before you knew it was mine. So thank you so much for that. Um, heaps of you loved the Magnolia jumper, which is the one I loved in the last episode. It's the pinky cardigan with the lacy uh, jumper sweater with the lacy detail at the bottom. Lots of you loved that one. But the other one, which is a really popular cardigan uh, jumper, was one that I hadn't mentioned last time. And that one is Eri. Eri? E-R-I. And it's from Isabel Kramer. She's a magnificent designer. Um, it's a beautiful jumper and it's in a teal, the yarn they've used is just, is, she's used is stunning, this glorious plump teal um, fibre, it's absolutely beautiful yarn and she's made quite a relaxed sloppy um, raglan style jumper sweater slash sweatshirt, I feel like it is, like something you just throw over, it looks soft, it looks relaxed and um, it looks drapey. And it's covered in cables. It has cables not on the back, but all down the front. It looks like a moss stitch, or sort of a double moss stitch down the front with a big, beautiful center cable right down the middle. So that is a really stunning jumper. So a lot of you love that as well. I have got only have one winner, and I have drawn Stephanie Lanzetti as my winner. So congratulations, Stephanie. I'm not sure where you are, but I have a feeling you're somewhere in the Northern Hemisphere. Stephanie said, hi, Libby. So nice to see and hear you. Huge fan of yours. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm currently knitting Electra and the BT Shale baby blanket for one of my sisters. So going to have to do one for myself when I finish this one. Lane is such a gorgeous magazine and as a dabbler in photography, I love anything with good photos. My faves would have to be Kate. I love cardigans and love the backstory as well. Next would be Morgan and Shibui. And I also hear you on the menopause thing. It has stopped me from sewing for a number of years and I've just gotten back into it. Till the next podcast, Stephanie. Stephanie, we are not alone. There are lots of people who comment on the whole menopause thing. Just let's get sewing, shall we? We'll just get on top of this. But congratulations, you've won the magazine. Don't forget to enter to be in the draw to win the um, copy of your own ebook, the Socks ebook. And I'll see you next time. I'll see you in two weeks' time. Oh, I didn't give you a deadline for that. Leave me a comment by Wednesday 
week. I should find out what date that is. I think it's actually April. That's a bit scary. So if you leave me a comment, it is by Wednesday the 4th of April, either on the blog or on the YouTube channel, and let me know which is your favourite socks. You can go and live to win that socks ebook too. In the meantime, do lots of knitting. If you want to sew, do some of that too. And I'll see you next time. Bye everybody. See you later. Cause you can do it standing And you can do it sitting Is it a hat Or is it the start of a blanket Maybe a ball Or even a shawl for a baby There's no excuse now Not to be knitting Cause you can do it standing And you can do it sitting Take out your needles Yeah, we're casting up Once I got a fish and love you, you can do it, Mary. You can do it, John. Is it a gnome or some other homely creation? Wait and see, it might even be for a teapot. There's no excuse now not to be knitting, cause you can do it standing and you can do it sitting. Take out your needle, yeah, yeah, we're casting on. One, two, three, four, five, but once I got a fish and love, you can do it, Mary. Yeah, you can do it, Mary. You can do it, Mary. And you can do it, John.